We're finishing up our series called The Process Today. As we finish up this series, um, I want to just kind of start by recapping very quickly. We've been grappling with this question, uh, what does a disciple of Jesus look like? What does a follower of Jesus look like? Um, and and we, we've discovered, we've decided that, that a disciple is a fully devoted follower of Jesus. It's somebody who's completely committed, given everything, just like we just sang, right? I've given you my heart. So, so a Christian, a, a disciple isn't just somebody who said, hey, I want Jesus in my heart. Uh, it's not just somebody who said, hey, I don't want to go to hell. It's somebody who said, you know what? I'm making you Lord of my life. I want to follow you with all that I am. I, I'm giving you my everything. And so we discovered that disciples, followers of Jesus, that we have a process that we all go through. That there's this, this four-part, this four-word process. Anybody remember what the four words are? Go ahead, Braden. Say it loud. That should be like a point for Battle of the Sexes right there for the guys. That's just my thought. Uh, you know, know, grow, discover, go, right? So that's the, that's the process that all of us as followers of Jesus, first of all, we got to know God. Then we got to begin to, to grow in God. And then we've got to, to begin to discover who we are in Christ. What has God placed in us? What are those giftings, those passions, uh, that, that unique personality that he's placed in us? And then we get to the end of the process. And, and again, all these parts continue to play out. I'm still getting to know God. I'm still growing in God. I'm still discovering who I am in Christ. But, but the fourth step in the process is we begin to go. We begin to go. In fact, everybody just say go. Say Go. Go, that's a fun word, isn't it, man? That's a positive word, man. When you're a kid, that's, that's the best word, man. On your marks, get set, and you're just anticipating. You're just fired up just to hear that word, go. We, we were joking this morning uh, in our production meeting. Um, Josh is uh, assigned to dismiss at the end of service, and, and we're joking about it. He's just going to say, go, when it's time to leave, right? Like, it's right in line with the service. It's going to be real theological. Just go. I thought it was kind of funny. Maybe it's a joke for us, but... Uh, but we're called to go, right? Like we all know this as Christians. You've heard the Great Commission probably your entire life, though, that we're all called to go. But, but as we've discovered who we are in Christ, as we've grown in, in, in our knowledge of him, as we've got to be more and more like him, all of us, all of us, all of us are called to go. Um, and so I believe that there's three levels of living, three, three levels that, that people are, are going to settle at one of these three levels. Maybe you'll find yourself on one of these three this morning. The, the first level is survival. This is the level where, where you just live at this level. You're just focused on yourself and on your needs. And then you see the, the second level is success. So once we move beyond survival, and some of me and some of us, we get in survival mode, right? Like things are going rough in our finances, things are going rough in our body. We just kind of just get back to the basics. Like I just got to survive this week. I just got to survive this, these exams, right? I just got to survive this, whatever it might be. Just got to make it to the end of the month financially. Um, and so we get in that survival mode sometimes. But then there's a better mode where, where we're actually in success mode. And success is when you are not just building your own life, but, but you begin to make an impact on others, man, that your life is successful, so there's an overflow. You're not just surviving. There's, there's something there extra that you can use for others. But ultimately, we want to get to significance, right? Don't, isn't there something in you that wants to live a life of significance? Significance is the place where you're not just building your own life, but, but you are impacting living for others. I, I believe this. I believe that God has written on the human heart a desire for significance. 
I believe every one of you in here today, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you are a disciple and fully devoted follower of Jesus, or you're just somebody who checked in for some fire insurance, wherever you're at in your walk with God, I believe deep down inside, there's something that says, I want to live a life of significance. Man, I, I, I speak to so many of you through the week and through the year, and, and you share with me, man, you're not going to believe it, Pastor Troy. This, this happened at work. I got to talk to this person about God. I, that I got to pray with this person. I, I got to have this conversation. In fact, I was talking to somebody on the phone just Friday, and, and he was like, man, um, th- there's this homeless guy at, at this restaurant that I stop in a lot, and, and I see him there a lot, and I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to have a conversation with him. And God opened the door for me to buy him lunch, and we sat down and we talked, and, and I, I really believe there's going to be more conversations. Like I planted a seed, and he was so fired up because him and he, he made a new homeless friend. It's like, man, here's somebody who needs Jesus. Why was he fired up about that? Because he's got a special heart for the homeless? I don't think necessarily that. I think it's because in his heart, there's a desire for significance. There's a desire to live beyond himself, to live for something bigger than himself. And I believe that that's not unique about this person I spoke with this week. I believe every one of us in this room, there is written into your DNA Part of, of your desire, part of what is, we are created in the image of God, right? God exists for more than himself. He exists to, to bless others, to, to make an impact in our lives. And I believe just as he has that desire, he's placed that in your heart and mine. And this is where we get to go. This is where, where, where we get to this last part of the process, that there's a part of me, there's a part of you that wants significance. There's a part of us that wants to do something that outlasts our own lifetime. We did a series called Outlasters that, that lives beyond ourself. And, and so where does this come from? Well, ultimately, like I said, I believe it comes from, from God. It becomes from Christ. Jesus said this in Mark 16, 18. He's talking to Peter, and Peter's made his declaration of faith. And he says, I tell you this, that you are Peter, and on this rock, on this, this declaration that you believe I am the Messiah, he says, I will build my church. Everybody say, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he says, the gates of hell will not overcome it. That, that, that Jesus is going to build his church, amen? That Jesus' church is going to grow. It's going to expand. Why? Because God has, has joined and partnered with people and placed in our heart a desire for significance, a desire to build his kingdom, a desire to impact the lives of others. So we see here that Jesus is in the build business of building his church. That's what Jesus is about. He's about building his church. I will build my church, he says. Not I might. Not I hope to, not I'm going to try. Jesus says, I will. And when Jesus says, I will, I believe him, right? Like when Jesus declares this is going to happen, it's going to happen. So he says, I'm going to build my church. And then we already referenced the Great Commission, but here it is, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus says, therefore, therefore, go, right? Like it's this word, it's all over. It says, therefore, go and do what? Make disciples, fully devoted followers of Jesus of all nations across the globe, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to, do, to obey everything that I've commanded you. And then he says this. He says, surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. So he doesn't just say go. He says, I'm coming with you. Now, we did a, a, a mini-series back in the summer called Go, a two-week series uh, at the end of July. Uh, I preached one week, and, and Pastor Vince preached the other week while some of us were in Los Angeles going on our mission trip. 
Um, and so uh, I encourage you, man, if you're into this concept, if you, man, maybe you need to get inspired again to go, uh, to, to get involved in, in reaching the world, to get involved in missions, there's, there's a big picture of go, right? Like we're called to go as we're in the community. We're called to go reach our city by reaching one. We're called to go in our workplace, in our school, and all those things. And so we spent two weeks really looking at how that's possible and how we can do that. There's another prong of go that I think maybe we haven't done as good a job of teaching on that maybe we haven't focused as, as clearly on or really articulated as well. And so I'm going to set aside all of that big picture stuff today, and, and we're going to go more to the, the small picture. We're going to look at going in the context of City Church. H- how do we go as part of this local church, as part of this body of believers? Now, please, 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 what I don't want you to do is come to this message today and think that, that we're teaching that the only way or even the primary way that we go is by serving at City Church. That's not what we're saying. All of that bigger stuff matters, man. How you, how you go to work through the week. You can't just come to City Church on Sunday and serve and think, okay, man, I'm accomplishing the Great Commission. That, 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 that's a part of it, though, because Jesus is in the business of what? Of building his church. And, and so all of us are, are called to go in the local church context. We're called to go on our own as well. We're called to go to, to the highways and byways. We're called to go to the lost. We're called to go but we're called to go together as well. And so today we're just going to look at that one prong. We're going to look at going together. Um, the, the, the Great Commission is this. is all about expanding God's kingdom and building God's church. So Jesus is about building the church. The Great Commission says, I've got to build God's kingdom. I've got to build God's church. And so we can, we can say it this way, that go is all about expanding God's kingdom and building God's church. So, so if it's about building God's church, if go is about building the church, what is the church? Um, how do we define that? What, what does the church look like? What does that mean? Well, I, I found this quote, and we actually don't know who first said it. We, the author is unknown. I don't know if you've ever seen a quote like that, and it says author unknown. Well, this is one of them, so I can't properly attribute this. It's not my quote, but I love it. I think it defines and articulates the church for us very well. It says this. It says, the church is not a building nor a religious institution nor an ethnic group, praise God, but it is the company of the committed. I love that phrase. The church is the company of the committed. It's the, the, the group that we are committed to the cause of Christ together. It says it is the covenant community where we are brothers and sisters in fellowship with Christ. The church is people. Let me say that. The church is people. The church is people. The church is not this building. The church is not some other building. The, the church is people specific people, the redeemed people of God. And then it says, and and I agree with this wholeheartedly, it is God's primary program in the earth, the visible expression of the rule of Christ. Guys, I'm all about the church because Jesus is all about the church. Jesus values the church. Jesus loves the church. Jesus is building the church. So so how do we expand God's kingdom and kingdom and build his church it's certainly not just when we gather together but there is a huge part of it that happens in the context when we gather together um so when i was 22 years old i went to an event uh called passion one day uh in in sherman texas it was the summer of 2003 if you want to know how old i am and a couple significant things happened that day one i got the worst sunburn of my life uh, it, it was like 70, degree, 70 degrees and cloudy, and so I didn't think I needed sunscreen, and we were out in a field from about 7 a.m. in the morning till about 10 o'clock that night, and uh, we had about a three-hour drive back to Tulsa where I lived at the time, and, and I remember that the two guys that I went with, they're both asleep in my car. I'm the only one awake driving home about midnight, 
and, and, I, and I put my hand up on my forehead, I don't know why, probably, and, and it was sticky. And it, there was already pl- blisters that were, were pussy and nasty. And uh, I, I remember, like, the next couple of days, my, my face was so, like, disfigured. I was like, I'm going to have to get plastic surgery. I'm never going to look the same again. Like, I was, like, really, really distraught over this particular sunburn. And thankfully, it, it ended up healing. And, and I didn't, you know, I mean, you know, you can, might think I look disfigured. But I don't look any different than I did then. Uh, not because of the sunburn. So, uh so that was one of the significant things. But the other thing was we spent the whole day out in this field worshiping and, and, and had these incredible speakers who came and spoke into our lives. And the guy who directs that whole ministry, his name's Louis Giglio, and now he's a, a pastor of a church in Atlanta. And one of, one of the men that has probably impacted my life the most, one of the men that I look up to the most in the world. And I remember Louis saying this and, and using this quote, and, and Vince actually already stole it and used it in his offering talk, and he didn't know I was using this today. Uh, but, but he said this. He said, the local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. And, and it came to found out later on that actually Bill Hybels was the original creator of that quote. He was the first person who, who, who that's actually attributed to. But, but for me, it's Louis Giglio. And, and he taught on how the local church is the hope of the world. In other words, we had all these college students, all these young adults, who, who there's like 30,000 of us out in the field in the middle of nowhere in Texas, worshiping God. And, and, and he said, you know what, one of, the, one of the dangers for this generation is you guys get really fired up for events. You come out to stuff like this, but you're not committed to the church. And, and he taught us on, on the value of the church on the importance of getting plugged into a church, on the importance of not just being in in a ministry, not just coming to some college Bible study somewhere, but actually plugging in and connecting to the church. And I remember it was one of those, like, foundational teachings of my life. Um, And it was at a a really key season for me because I was was actually finishing up my second year of internship in the youth ministry program there at Church on the Move. And and I knew I was called to youth ministry, but I was wrestling with, like, hey, is this a forever thing? Or or one day does God want me to be a pastor? Is there something beyond youth ministry that I need to be open my heart to and and praying about? And God was really kind of just putting in me this desire to pastor, this desire to to, to lead a church. And, And that quote just haunted me. The local church is the hope of the world. And, and first of all, I kind of pushed back against it because I'm like, no, Jesus is the hope of the world. And of course, of course Jesus is the hope of the world. But what has Jesus ordained? What, what is his system for getting out to the world? It's the local church. It's the body of believers. It's when we gather together. So this morning, City Church, I have to tell you, you are the hope of the world. Maybe I can break that down a little bit. Maybe that's terrifying. You're the hope of Olive Branch. You're the hope of your neighborhood. You're the hope of South Haven. You're the hope of DeSoto County. You're the hope of Memphis. You are the hope of the world. Why the world? Because the world doesn't know Jesus, and the world needs Jesus. And the way that Jesus has ordained to get out to them is through you and through me, through the local church. So, so what does that look like in our context? What does that look like? At City Church, I'm so glad that you asked this morning. We have four primary expressions, four different primary ways that we can serve, and there are other ways that we're not going to talk about in depth this morning, but four key ways that you can serve. In fact, you should have a card in your seat. I know there's a few cards in your seat. There's a city group menu. There's a connection card, but if you can find the one that says City Church Go Teams and pull that out, we're going to talk about those for just a minute. Um, We are called to go. So here's the four primary ways that we grow, the four primary areas of Sunday serving at City Church. You probably already know these. Kid City, First Impressions, Media, 
and worship, right? Like these, these are the ways that, that we have had for God's people to go in this context. So you can serve in Kids City. That's our children's ministry. That's six weeks old all the way up through fifth grade. We got teachers back there right now loving on my son, loving on my daughter, loving on our kids, man, teaching them the word of God, praying over them, changing their stanky diapers, man, doing all kinds of a, a wide variety of things, feeding them snacks, you know, like having fun with them. But, but pointing them to Jesus. I'm so glad that somebody right now is chose to go to be there for my kid. Uh, I'm so glad that somebody did that because, man, my kid would be distracting because he's super cute. And everybody, oh, Judah, that's awesome. We brought him in one time for, like, a meeting after service. Uh, and, and, like, 30 people just were like, oh, look at what he's doing. And nobody heard what anything was said. And I'm like, that's why my kid's not in service, so we can focus. Uh, so, so somebody back there chose to go. Somebody chose to, you know what, I'm going to come to two services today. I'm going to give a little bit more. That way I can impact the life of a kid. I'm going to get up a little bit earlier. That way I can impact the life of a kid. I'm, I'm so grateful that Elena is back there. I'm pretty sure she's in babies today. I saw her this morning. That, that girl's got a gift for kids. She's got a gift for babies. And I'm, she's going in Kid City. And, and then uh, number two on the list, we see first impressions, right? So we've got people who are at the front door. I think Spencer was at the front door today. Man, out greeting people, out loving on people, out welcoming people. Uh, first impressions is exactly that. It's the first impression of City Church. Man, if first impression is bad, it doesn't matter how great the worship is. It doesn't matter how powerful the word of God is. If somebody comes in here and they already feel unloved, they already feel unwanted, they've already checked out mentally. doesn't matter what we say. doesn't matter how friendly we are during the meet and greet, how many people go up to them. They already feel like, you know what, this isn't the church for me. These people need to be accepted. They need to be loved. They need to be greeted with the love of Jesus. First impressions is so key. Thank you, guys, that serve in first impressions. Then we, then we got the media team. We got Dwindle and Tim back there. Everybody look back at them and make them feel nervous right now. Hanging out today. Tim's running sound. Dwindle's running the computer. Those guys, they, they get here early to go. They're here for both services to go. Why? So that you can see lyrics on the screen. And sing along with the song so that you can have it made easy for you to, to take notes so that somebody who comes in here who doesn't know Jesus and doesn't bring a Bible can actually have the word of God right there for them. That stuff is so key. It's so important. And then we've got the worship team. The worship team, again, gets, gets here very early. We had Rashad going on the drums for the first time today. Give it up for Rashad. Some of you didn't know it was his first time. Why? Because he didn't distract because he was good. There wasn't any like, oh, my gosh, man, we got a rookie back there. Man, he knew what he was doing. He, he's using his gift to go, why? to bring us into God's presence. Uh, and, and so those are our four primary expressions. Now, that doesn't talk about the 662. We got a ton of amazing leaders who meet on Wednesday nights for that. It, it doesn't talk about people who are leading city groups or hosting city groups. And we're going to talk about those in a little bit. It doesn't talk about people who come in to clean the church throughout the week. We, we got other ways to go. But those are our four primary Sunday expressions of going. And most of you guys in this room are involved in, in one level of that or another. But, but some of you aren't. Or maybe you are. And, and, and God's going to place on your heart today a desire to be more involved. A desire to connect more deeply, a desire to go in a different way. And, and if you're not involved today, I'm not here to, to put you down or to make you feel bad at all. I'm just here to say, we need you. Man, we got opportunity for God to use you, that you are important. You have significance, and you have the opportunity to be significant in the kingdom of God. So, so we're going to take just a few minutes. This has got to be like one of my shortest messages ever because we're going to bring up our city groups and, and talk about what we got going on this semester in just a minute. But, but I want to tell you just real quickly three things that happen when you serve. Three things that happen when you serve, and, and I've done this a couple times before, and I, I felt led to do this today. We're going to phrase this in the first person. So we're going to make it three things that happen when I serve. 
Not because it's about me, but because it's about you. So three things that happen when I serve. If you're taking notes, I want you to put this down this way. I'm going to have you even say these out loud with me because uh, we're going to build our faith because here's what I really want you to be able to do. I want you next week when you come in to serve in the coffee bar, Pam, or, or next week when you come in to serve in Kid City or First Impressions or worship or whatever you're serving the next time, I want you to actually be able to pray these over yourself on the way in. I'm not just coming to serve because, man, I'm on a schedule today. I'm coming to serve for these three reasons, God. Use me. Let me glorify you. Let me make an impact. To, to, to pray that. We had all of our team this morning go out of our meeting and, and take 60 seconds and just get along with God and consecrate ourselves and say, God, here's why I'm serving today. Here's what I'm doing for you today because serving matters because the local church is the hope of the world. So here it is. Three things that happen when I serve. I want you to write these down. Number one, when I serve, the body of Christ is built up. When I serve, the body of Christ is built up. You have the opportunity to build the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 puts it this way. It says that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, people like me, for what? To equip God's people for works of service. That's you. Why? Listen to this. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Why is there church? The first and foremost priority of church, the first and foremost reason why church exists is to build the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? We are, right? You are, I am, the person next to you is. If you're a Christian, you are part of the body of Christ. So why is somebody back there, why is Regina back there in Main Street in Kid City right now? To build the body of Christ, to pour in to a child. So why? Because the kids can part of the body of Christ. Man, in fact, here at City Church, we, once you're out of Kid City, you're eligible to serve. We, we don't say, man, you got to wait until you're an adult to serve. Any area that we have, uh, other than, I think, being an elder or uh, a pastor, you can do before you're 18. Uh, you can do coming out of Kid City. There's some pre, you know, things you got to do to get ready and to be involved. Your parents got to be able to, willing to get you here and all that kind of stuff. But, man, we've got to open door for young people to serve. Why? Because we believe the young people aren't the, body, the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. They're part of the body of Christ. And so Regina right now is building the body of Christ, talking to a 7-year-old, talking to a 9-year-old. She's building the body. When, when you greet uh, at the front door, when you're hanging out in the lobby doing first impressions, what are you doing? You're building the body of Christ. Now, you may not realize that, and it may not always feel like that, but by loving people and making them feel accepted, you are building the body of Christ. It's the first priority, the first thing that happens when you serve. Second thing that happens when I serve is when I serve Jesus is glorified. Everybody say that. Say, when I serve, Jesus is glorified. It's a big deal. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, now I don't know about you, but when my alarm clock goes off in the morning on Sunday, sometimes it's a living sacrifice moment. My, my alarm went off at 3.30 this morning. That's the living sacrifice moment. Sunday mornings is my really, really early day. I get up. I want to be ready. I want to be prayed up. I want to, I want to be ready for what God's going to do in me that day. So I get up really early. Now, probably none of you are getting up at 3.30 on Sunday. I hope you're not. If I didn't do what I did, I wouldn't be getting up at 3.30 on Sunday. I promise. <laughs> but a lot of you are getting up early to come in and serve. And, and, and I know, look, man, nobody wants to. 
especially we got this idea like we work Monday through Friday and Sunday's an off day, so I'm trying to not get up on Sundays. I get that. And, and sometimes that's a, that's a living sacrifice moment, man. I'm sure the worship team, they're in here at 730 on Sunday mornings getting ready, man. I'm sure there's some living sacrifice moments when their alarm's going off at 6 to get up and get ready. But, but man, what a great thing to, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Somebody in Kid City staying, they're serving in first service and coming to second service today. So they're going to be at church from like 8.45 when they got here for a Kid City meeting until maybe 12.45. They're giving up four hours on Sunday morning. What is that? That's a living sacrifice moment. Say, you know what, God, I'm giving you my body. Why? Because I want Jesus to be glorified. What does it say? It says it's your reasonable act of worship. So in other words, it's not unreasonable to be a living sacrifice. He's worthy of it. He already made his body a living sacrifice for us. He's not asking us for anything that, that he didn't already do for us. But he's saying, you know what, I, w- I want you to, to put it on the altar. Now, I think most of the time, hopefully, we, we get a chance to enjoy when we serve. Man, I think most of the time you're going to have a good time when you serve. You're going to be glad that you serve. There's going to be days where, man, you just ain't feeling it, right? Like, just like anything else, there's going to be days where it's like, man, I would rather stay in the bed. There, there's days where I would rather just not see anybody. You got that introvert day. You don't want to talk to anybody. You want to be by yourself. And, and that's where, what am I doing? I'm, I'm putting it on the altar. Jesus, I'm coming as a living sacrifice. I'm giving you this thing that I've committed to you. Why? Because I want to build your church, and I want to glorify the king. When I serve Jesus is glorified. When I serve, the body of Christ is built up. And number three, when I serve, I become more like Jesus. Everybody say that. When I serve, I become more like Jesus. Matthew 20, verse 28 says that that Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve. And to live his, give his life as a ransom for many. So, so Jesus himself, Lord of the world, creator of the universe, the guy who spoke and the world came into existence, that guy, the living word of God, he said, I'm not here to be served, but I'm here to serve. And so what, what does it mean to be a Christian? Literally, the word Christian means little Christ. I'm a reflection of him. I am a, 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 a imitator of Jesus. And so when I serve, I become more like Jesus. That's why, so we do this thing called Mission OB. Mission OB is, is where we, we six, seven times a year we have these specific things that we get out of the church and we go into the community to reach our city by reaching one. Our next big uh, Mission OB stuff is coming up the, the week of Easter, and we're going to have a ton of different outreaches that week. We're going to go love on people. We're going to give stuff away. We're going to be a blessing to our community. We're going to do a good Friday service outside and, and all kinds of cool stuff. What, what is our goal when we do Mission OB? I tell people this all the time. I don't care if nobody new comes to City Church this week. Would it be awesome if we go out there and we tell people we're from City Church and and people come to church? Yeah, and every time we do Mission OB, man, there's so many people like, oh, my gosh, this church is awesome. I will be there Sunday, and almost without fail, they don't show up. Uh, And and so I I always tell people, I say, look, man, that would be amazing, and I hope it happens. That's not the reason why we do this. What's the reason why we do Mission OB? Number one is, is to show the love of Jesus. But number two, I'll just let you guys in on a little city church secret. Why do we set up Mission OB? Because I know that when you serve, you become more like Jesus. And if you become more like Jesus, the body of Christ is built. Whether anybody new comes to city church off of that event or not, whether anybody even gets saved off of that event or not, and I hope they do. If you know me, I've got an evangelistic heart. I want everybody to know Jesus. But even if they don't, it never means it was a waste of time. Why? Because when I serve, I become more like Jesus. 
And when I become more like Jesus, the kingdom of God is built. When you become more like Jesus, the kingdom of God is built. When we become more like Jesus, we get better, we get stronger, and stuff happens. And so I'm constantly looking for how can we serve? How can we humble ourselves? How can we sacrifice? Because when we serve, when we lower ourselves, when, when we show up to, to love on a kid, when, when we show up to shake somebody's hand at the door, when we show up to, to run a computer or run the soundboard, when we do those things and come on stage to do worship or whatever area we serve in, what is happening? You're becoming more like Jesus. Why? Because the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So if I'm a Christian, if I'm a little Christ, my mission is not to be served, but my mission is to serve. Now, that is completely counter your human DNA. Already talked about, right, there's something in your human DNA that wants significance. There is nothing in your human DNA that wants to serve, right? Our fallen humanity does not desire to serve. We desire to be served, right? This is the, the like, ultimate essence of, of the problem with marriage is I don't want to serve you. I want you to serve me, right? Like, that's, that's our humanity, right? Like, we're expecting, that's why in premarital counseling, we always tell people, man, man marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100-100. Like, we're always, we're, we're giving each other everything. Why? And, and because if, if I'm looking, if I come into marriage expecting to be served, I'm going to get disappointed. If you come into marriage expecting to be served, you're going to be disappointed, right? That's not what it's about. Jesus says, man, that the Christ loved the church and that the husband's supposed to love the wife in the same way and lay down his life for her. So it's a reflection of Jesus. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So when you serve at City Church, when you serve in Kids City, when you serve in First Impressions, when you serve in media, when you serve in worship, what happens? Number one, the body of Christ is built up. Number two, Jesus is glorified. And number three, you become more like Jesus. Now, you may roll out of the bed and, and barely make it on time for your meeting and, and halfway sleep through your serving opportunity, and you might miss out on some of what God has for you. You see, it's what I told the guys this morning. I, yes, these things happen in, in a way, no matter what, when we serve, but I think they happen more when we're intentional about it. When I can tell God, okay, this morning, I'm serving in Kid City because I want to build up your people. I'm serving in, in media because I want to be more like Jesus. I'm serving in first impressions because I want Jesus to be glorified. When I can set those things aside, when I can do it with intent, man, it amplifies what God is doing through it. It amplifies the way that it's worked. So ultimately, the bottom line is this. You could make this point four, but I don't even think it's the fourth point. I think it's the ultimate point that all three of them connect to this. When I serve the kingdom of God, advances. When I serve, the kingdom of God advances. Why can I say that? Because when the body of Christ is built, the kingdom of God advances. Because when Jesus is glorified, the kingdom of God advances. Because when I become more like Jesus, the kingdom of God advances. And all three of those things happen when I serve. All three of those happen when I plug in, when I get connected. So what are we going to do? We're going to serve. We're going to serve wholeheartedly. We're going to give God our best not our, not, not our leftovers, not a little bit. We're going to give him the greatest things that we have. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. This is totally different than what we normally do. I want you to take that card that, that says opportunities to go at City Church. I want you to, to hold it in your hand and, and stand up. We're going to pray, and, and we're going to ask God to, to, to use these things. We're going to ask God to, to lay something on your heart. You may already know today, hey, here's a ministry I need to get involved in. You can fill that thing out, check the box, drop it off at the Connection Center, leave it on your seat. We'll get it. We'll be in touch with you this week on how you can get plugged in and connected. You may want to take it home and pray over it for a week or two. 
You may want to go home and talk to your spouse about it. That's always a good thing, man, if you're married. Just kind of make sure, hey, before I commit to something, let's make sure we're on board with this. Um, Man, I want to give you opportunities to serve. Now, a ton of you are already serving, and you're like, okay, I'm maxed out. I don't need to serve more. Maybe I need to serve less. This is not a guilt trip message. This is not a, hey, everybody needs to do more. This is just to tell you, man. If you're not serving, there's great opportunities for you. And and if God's leading you to serve and and try something new, there's great opportunities. And we want to make sure that you have access to that over the next couple of weeks. So would you hold this up? We're going to pray just that God would lead us to whatever the right ministry is for each of us. Father God, we thank you.